Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Neary, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, and how to tap into your infinite potential and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. I know that you clicking play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. With that said, let's get this party started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to So She Is. I am so grateful to be here with you guys and for this next episode and for this interview. It is so juicy, so good. You guys may have noticed, but I have stuck to posting once a week, kind of on Tuesdays. And right now with my schedule and my life, that feels so much better, so much more aligned than twice a week. Hopefully we will get back to twice a week soon, but for right now, I am just honoring myself and honoring my life and we are going with once a week. So yes, before today's episode, I just wanted to say we had our second So We Are Silent Disco. It was so amazing, so beautiful, so juicy, so healing, so releasing. And I am just so excited for each and every one of you to experience it. It just really just makes me obsessed with my life and I just am obsessed with what I'm doing and to allow everyone to feel as free or to experience a little bit of freedom, even if it's just for the hour that you are there. It is just mm, warms me so, warms my whole heart, my whole body. Our next one is on April 10th and our current like deal of the week is if you buy two tickets, you get it for $40, which is mega savings. So grab someone you love, grab your friend, grab your neighbor, grab a human off the street, come dance with us, come join us. We cannot wait to see you there. Today's guest is the most incredible human I know. She is a Reiki practitioner. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist. She is an energy healer. She is an empowerment leader. She is an intuitive guide. She holds sacred ceremonies for plant medicine. She is a creator on TikTok and on Instagram and does past life regressions. There literally isn't a title to describe this human, but one of my favorite titles she has is the officiant of me and Curly's wedding. She is, Amanda is just the most special human. She has such a warm, warm heart. You can feel her energy from a mile away. She is just so connected. She is so in tune. She is just so, so, so special to me. And I am so excited to gift you all with her wisdom, with this interview. It really just was incredible. We talk about hypnotherapy. We talk about past life regressions. We talk about plant medicine. We talk about all the plant medicines from ayahuasca to mushrooms to ketamine to MDMA. We go over it all. (laughs) We go over the yoni and vaginas and sex work and anything that lives in the shadow or is taboo to talk about. We bring it into this episode. We give it love. We give it a hug and I am so excited for you guys to experience it. If you enjoy it, make sure you share it with a friend. If it resonates, if it hits home, that is how we grow. We expand. Also, if you could leave a five-star review saying you're taking takeaways or what you love about Amanda most, that would be awesome. Also, if you enjoy it, tagging us on Instagram is also an amazing way to help us grow and expand this podcast to anyone it needs to reach. So without further ado, here is my beautiful friend and incredible healer, Amanda Brown. Hello, Amanda. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, welcome to So She Is. I'm so grateful to have you. We have questions that were submitted. We have questions that I have, but I think before we get into like anything about what you are, who you do, I would like to know like where you've been and how you got to be in this position of being a healer, of being a hypnotherapist, of giving me mushrooms in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd like to say um, to become a hypnotherapist, I have always loved the subconscious mind. Human behavior has always intrigued me ever since I can remember, like literally in middle school. And when I started learning about kind of about psychology and stuff, it was just I, was, I became obsessed with it. So in high school, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to college for psychology and get my bachelor's in that. From there, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But that was the one thing that I knew. So I went to the University of Tampa and I got my degree in psychology, my bachelor's. And then from there, I moved out to California. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do from there. I knew that I wanted to do something, but I kind of just allowed life to take me there. And during this time, a few years after I moved out, I broke up with my ex and that pushed me into a spiritual awakening. Mm. I, I, I had already gone through like one in college but I, I, I don't really feel like that one pushed me into the next level of, I, I, I don't know, there's all different levels of becoming and I think it all is a part of the path, but that breakup really, really hurt me and the heartbreak in that, I, I really feel like I became like a phoenix. Like I, I burned, everything around me like burned and I grew out of it and became who I really feel I am today. And mm -hmm. that there was a download for me to go to school to become a hypnotherapist. And I kind of just started following the breadcrumbs. My intuition just started growing so fast mm -hmm. um, in that spiritual awakening and in that heartbreak. So I just started taking the breadcrumbs and I eventually went to HMI here in California and I got my degree in clinical hypnotherapy it was a 13-month program. I recommend it, honestly, to anybody that is interested in hypnotherapy or being in a position like this and leading people. It honestly was like a Harry Potter school. And oh we talked God. about Harry Potter <laughs> and our love for Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> but it's so, it's so magical. And the teachers there and just the conversations. I just remember coming home and just buzzing just buzzing because I had to drive two hours to go to school in the middle of the day after I was working full time. Then I would drive two hours up north and then it would be 45 minutes on the way home after being in class for four hours for 13 months. So it was like divine dedication and devotion, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But when I would come home from class, my energy at like 11 at night would just be so heightened because I was just receiving so much information and, and up leveling at a really fast pace. Um, but that is what led me into hypnotherapy. Wow. Yeah, so, I could go on. <laughs> I think so. I know at my high school grad night, there was a hypnotist 
who came and it was silly and it was performed. So I think when some people think of hypnotherapy, they might think of like, mm. you are getting sleepy, like with the clock, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so how is it used in a non like performative way or like in a therapeutic way? And like what kind of healing stems from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And it's funny because we learn all different tools when we're in school. So some people are going there. Like some of my classmates are there just to be a stage hypnotist. Like that's their path and what they want to do, making it more of a, like a comedy kind Mm -hmm. of act. But then you can really go anywhere with it. But um, used like in a therapeutic way, well, we're working with the conscious and the subconscious mind. So the conscious mind is how we're talking right now. We're consciously aware of this conversation. So we always start off with um, that at the beginning. It's, It's like talk therapy. But the difference is, and what I really appreciate, is blending it with the subconscious. So at the end um, of the talk therapy, and when you feel comfortable, then I lead you to go lay down. I have a couch, and you go lay down, and basically I'm resuggesting everything that you're giving me in the talking portion. So you come in with what you want to work on. Let's say you want to work on confidence, motivation. You can really go anywhere. It's behavioral modification therapy. So anything medical, I I can't do unless you um, get approved by a doctor. Let's say you're coming in specifically for depression or to work on your eating disorder. Like that's not something I could do, but we could work with the symptoms. Like, okay, well, what's happening with the depression? Are you not feeling motivated? We Mm -hmm. can kind of work with the motivation. Mm -hmm. So if it is um, medically diagnosed, we can, but you just have to pair with, I just have to be approved because I'm not a doctor Mm -hmm. and I'm not a psychologist. So you really have to stay in the lane in that way. But the blending of the conscious and the subconscious at the end, basically I take you through hypnosis. And in stage stage hypnosis, the the pendulum (laughs) is there or looking at a clock, which honestly we can use and we were taught we were also taught, I think that works good with little kids if, if um, there might be some hypnotherapists that are working specifically with children. Like that's a really good idea because you're, it's, it's kind of fun and you're waving it in front of them. But basically we have deepening techniques that would be considered a deepening technique. We have other deepening techniques where we don't need to be doing that. Okay. But you're just laying and you're really comfortable and I'm taking you through a journey and just resuggesting all the things that you want to be because the thing is our our mind is so it's like a sponge and um, you take in everything around you and it's very we're all suggestible as human mm-hmm. beings and um, you just taking the time when you're in hypnosis your subconscious does not know the difference between fantasy and reality mm-hmm. So if I'm having you envision this life of where you want to go and you're taking the time to do that in a very relaxed state, we're drumming up the energy of of something that you want to be. Um, And and your body and mind and spirit believes that to be true, that it's happening in that moment right then and there. So that's an example. Yeah. Someone on Instagram actually asked, like, would you suggest hypnotherapy for someone who's never been to like traditional talk therapy like would is it Mm -hmm. like something that should be worked together or do you think you could start there like they were basically asking could they start with hypnotherapy or should they go to talk therapy first yeah that's a great question I I really feel that 
it's intuitively what's best for you. I think that there are so many modalities out there that you can try that you have to go with what feels good for you. And so I've done talk therapy. I even have a talk therapist right now. Like therapists have therapists and that's totally okay. But I really, really see the difference in the blending of the conscious and the subconscious because our subconscious mind is 88% of our total mind power. Mm -hmm. So we're not working with that in in just talk therapy. So I, of course, because I'm a hypnotherapist, I definitely suggest it. I think it's really beautiful. It's supposed to be short-term therapy. So I'm not meant to keep you for a really, really long time. And that's the difference that I see in talk therapy um, where... Some people I know have been going to their therapist for years and years and years and years. And as much as I would love to keep you around and I'm always around, the goal is to get to the root of the issue and the problem and then also lead you on your way, Mm -hmm. um, however long that takes. So I don't want to build a negative attachment where you rely on me and think that like, you can only be healed or in your best, highest version with me by your side. So it's like, I'm meant to be with you as long as you need and give you all of these tools so you can go fly out of the nest and be your own being. And then when you need me or you're, you're, you want to learn more, you can come back. But that's what the, the difference I would think is because I know a lot of people can get tied into um, talk therapy and like go there for 10 years and it's like well what are you what issues are you right. actually getting to um, for it to be that long I think um, overall hypnotherapy is meant to be short term cool and so speaking of tools I know hypnotherapy is just one of the tools mm-hmm. in your tool belt I know there's past life regressions there's Reiki there's plant medicine mm-hmm. and which of those three light you up the most and we'll dive in there all of those are so great so reiki and past life regression well past life regression goes under hypnotherapy um and it's meant for past life regression therapy for use for therapeutic purposes but the one that lights me up the most is plant medicine i feel like you know that that might be the answer but (laughs) that really really lights me up and um it's cool because it it goes along with my work when you are on plant medicine you're working with your subconscious mind so Mm -hmm. it's it's working more in that field and improving in that area and releasing any stagnant energy and and um any unhealed traumas and all the things in our body mind and spirit so yeah and how did like so many people I think want to try plant medicine or like there's so many there's so much taboo around it and that's really what this podcast is about is just like bringing the tap like really working with the shadow side and like highlighting that there's nothing taboo here and so when you're working like what was your journey to establishing a relationship with plant medicine I mean now you work with a shaman and practicing with ayahuasca but like there's no way it started there. So let's jump back to the beginning. Yeah, thank you. So in that heartbreak that I spoke about, as I was still in that relationship, I was learning a lot of information. I was downloading a lot of information, but that heartbreak is really what pushed me. Um, but in that period of time, when I started I was listening to a podcast, um, the Positive Head podcast, Mm -hmm. and I will always talk about that because it changed my life and um, 
Brandon Beecham is my good friend. And so I was binging on that. That is where I downloaded most of my information in the spiritual realm. Um, I would listen to episode after episode, and that was the first time ever that I had heard of Ayahuasca on his podcast. Mm. And so I listened to the the podcast, and the person that he interviewed is my shaman now, which is funny, Um, but I basically reached out to him. We weren't friends at this time, me and Brandon, the, the host. And I just reached out to him on Facebook and I just was feeling the call. Like I, it really lit me up and I, it's because her and I, ayahuasca, I call her her because she is a being and an entity and we have already done this dance before. So it just felt so aligned and I was very scared, but I, I felt very curious and intrigued. So I reached out to him and I messaged him and I was just like, Hey, like, I'm looking for a shaman to try ayahuasca. Like, what do you know? And he wrote back to me really, really fast and basically was like, you know, I got to, I want to meet you first before giving I, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> <As he> this, <laughs> this connection. So um, actually my ex and I, we went to his house. I was so nervous because I really put him up on this like pedestal. <laughs> like, you know, he's like such a good friend now and, and I don't look at him in this way. It was just, like oh my god you're the person I listen to all the time I was so nervous and we had such a great time we chilled there for a few hours and he gave me the contact to my shaman Pablo and from there uh I wonder what month this was this was in 2017 so after he connected me it was kind of just fast like there might have been a few months in between and then I booked so my shaman has worked all around the world um he's been in this industry i guess for over 30 years and um i really really appreciate him and basically he's more modern you know there's traditional um ayahuasca ceremonies and traditional shamans um but this is more of his own type of style so i really like that and i liked that i didn't need to travel too far because we're in california um I, I, I knew I wanted to go to the jungle. That was my first thought ever. Like, that's what I thought I would go, where I would go. Um, and I still want to go there. And um, I want to go to Peru. I want to be on the land. I want to have that experience. But that period of time, it just wasn't going to happen. I, I didn't have the funds. I didn't have the means. Like, that felt too far out. But I didn't want to give up the opportunity. Mm. And not, a lot of people wouldn't think this way right (laughs) there's some people that are like i would only do a traditional ceremony in the jungle and like that's it but he really resonates with me and i really appreciate him so i went to my my first time my first ceremony with my ex we went together and after that period of time it just like it blew my mind like i couldn't believe how fast the results are like it's it feels like years and years of therapy in one night. And so that was one thing that really spoke to me and just in general ceremony. That was the first ever ceremony that I have ever stepped inside of. I didn't even know what ceremony was. So to be in a group of people that are really, we're all dedicated 
to our healing work and we're all there to support each other in the growth of our beingness on this earth and so there's just an there's just a like-minded energy there and we're all drumming up similar energies and holding space for ourselves and for each other and I think after that it was just like okay this is my world now like I'm I'm here I'm here now and so after that I tried to do a couple times a year so I've been working with ayahuasca since 2017 so at least a couple times a year that's like the doctor's orders for me (laughs) (laughs) have you explored like recreationally Mm -hmm. with other like mushrooms up until this point like what was your other I see medicine journey yeah I appreciate that yeah so I definitely will say that I in college um I started smoking weed <laughs> and I became, became a pothead <laughs> back then. Um, I was really good in high school. Um, so when I got to college, I kind of just, I was introduced to a lot and I joined a sorority and my big, she was who kind of, she was a stoner. So she kind of <laughs> made me into her little like baby little stoner. stoner. <laughs> and so I started to to smoke a lot and um, I really appreciated that medicine back then just having something um, something new that I had never really I just I was I was grounded a lot and stuff in in high school so I feel like I was very like closed off to a lot so when I had that openness and that freedom I was just like oh wow what can I do and back in the day back in the day um when I was in college Molly and ecstasy were really big and um I started doing that I think before even shrooms I must have been the first time I ever done shrooms was sophomore year and I'll never forget that experience so that was like my awakening even into shrooms like psychedelics psychedelics is its own thing um because yes there's molly and e but there's a whole nother layer with the psychedelic um and i was just intrigued by all of it and and honestly i i struggled a lot like i definitely have addiction um i have had addiction issues and it definitely runs in my family in its own ways so i definitely struggled and like used and abused a lot like not having a ceremonial setting you know not having the right space going to festivals and just staring at a screen really really high you know i think that a lot of these medicines um like even mdma molly like there's now knowing like later in my adult life you can use these things and have them as a tool in a more healing way um because even like mdma there's mdma therapy that's or so we had a question about mdma therapy and it was basically like just pure curiosity yeah. i don't know if this person had heard of it or if they've if friends had it mm-hmm. i don't know they just plainly asked like what are your thoughts on mdma therapy so i think that's a great transition into that question yeah yeah that's perfect because there's so many different types of therapy there's mushroom therapy like mushroom therapy which is basically what you tried when you came in there's ketamine therapy there's mdma therapy i really i haven't actually done mdma in a really really long time i've done mda and that is um basically so my shaman he has 
Yes, he has ayahuasca, but he has a whole range of other medicines. He has heart medicines. He has body medicines. So MDA is sassafras, I'm pretty sure. Might want to look it up just in case, but it's called sass. So that's like the cleaner, pure version of MDMA. So I've done that in ceremony. And basically what MDMA is and sass is a heart-opening medicine. And so... It's really to connect you into your into your heart and into your feelings. So why people appreciate that and why people reach for MDMA therapy is because that they can be really honest and vulnerable with how they're feeling. So if it's a couple that doesn't know how to communicate, doesn't know how to talk to each other, and then they have a therapist who can assist them in communication and, and feeling more free with their, their voice. There's just like, there's a lovingness to it. If you've tried it before, you know, like it's very touchy. You just want to love, you just want to cuddle, you want to understand. So allowing that to assist you in the healing process, I see it being very beneficial. For that, I would definitely recommend like going to a trained professional, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe not just your friend that has done it a few times. <laughs> like look deeper into it and know, um, just be aware and mindful of who you go to, who you go to to assist you in these practices, um, because. There's a lot of people out there who, who might not have the right trainings or haven't taken the time to really know what it's like to be the space holder mm-hmm. because it's one thing to take it and to be in the experience, but to ha- to be the trained space holder because you want it to be a safe environment, a really, really safe and protected environment. Environment That's the biggest thing. And how long does like an MDMA or MDA or SAS, how long does that ceremony last? I honestly, I, I would have to look deeper into it. Definitely a few hours, um, definitely a few hours, but that I don't know with the sass, like when I've done it in ceremony, it's been a combined night. So my shaman, he has ayahuasca, like I mentioned, there's tea, which most people will do the tea. That's the purest form. But my shaman, he won't just push you right into the tea. He wants to get a feel for how you are and um, just receive your energy on the medicine. So he has a combination of, it's a chocolate like you've had in the mushroom chocolate. It's an ayahuasca shroom mix. So it's a, so it's a blend of the two. So if you do that, so on the tea, you can only do the tea. If you were to go in ceremony, just that for the night. But if you were to do the chocolate, you have the option to try other medicines. So it's hard for me to say how long the sass was because, um, and it and it wasn't pure sass. It was called something else, which I can't think of the name right now, that had sass in it. So it wasn't just pure sass. It was, it was a combination of other things. So I started with a heart opening medicine. I went into the chocolate and then I ended the night with another heart opening medicine and I think that's what had the sass in it so I was like double heart that night and it's it's a whole night it's when it's blend when it's blended like that it it was till the wee hours of the morning and honestly the one thing I dislike about MDA MDMA sass it really can um your jaw your jaw is like chattering a lot Mm. and jittering a lot and so that's a side effect 
to the medicine and that can be really difficult to sleep on like just like clenching your jaw and like wanting to like move your mouth and um yeah i i don't really appreciate that part can be really hard to to rest when your body (laughs) is like clenching down you know so going over just like the whole scheme of things this was another question from instagram what about plant medicine do you feel is the most beneficial and so we could even break it down like if you were to do mushrooms you feel like that if you were to do aya if you were whatever however you want to answer that question but like for some people like I think plant medicine seems really scary I know for me like I was scared of everything Mm. and I've like grown um curiosity I've like expanded enough to be like open to receive the medicine I think that's a huge part like if you're not ready like I would never say do it Mm -hmm. um and I think I am being called towards ayahuasca I totally have the feeling of wanting a jungle like I'm like if it's not Peru if it's not Costa Rica if we're not going to Rhythmia like I don't want it but but um that being said what do you feel like the most beneficial part of working with some people say it's a substance outside of yourself, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, I don't want to reach for something outside of myself. Mm. Um, what what would you yeah. say back to that? And like, Yeah, it's really interesting because if you think about it, I'm also a hypnotherapist, so I believe in the power of your mind. I believe that you can do anything with just the power of your mind. Mm-hmm. But then there's also my love for plant medicine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, my mentor in, um, at my school at HMI, she wouldn't agree. Like, she really, I really look up to her, but she didn't support plant medicine because her, she's like grandmother energy. She really was like the power of your mind. You can like do anything. Can do it, yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. And there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there and gurus that, you know, don't, Think that you need something like that and have never tried plant medicine so I get it um, I think it's a personal experience and um, it's really what your soul's journey is and everybody is so unique so I'm with you like honestly not everybody on this earth is meant to do plant medicine mm-hmm. it would actually be very dangerous I think um, for certain types of people who are open and ready to do something like this so the openness has to be there Mm -hmm. because yes it can be dangerous if your soul is not ready to receive the abundance of information it could be a lot on your nervous system could be just it could it it's really important to know when you are ready and it's not just because you want to like you'll feel it in your body it's a knowingness like aya the the energy of her, she started coming to me while I started learning her information. And I felt her presence get stronger and stronger. And it was like, oh, it's time for me to do this. It was kind of just a knowing. So I'm totally, I I think that you just have to listen to your heart in that specific way. Um, Thinking. Oh (laughs) yeah, and then like, we could go to... We could go to mushrooms yeah. since I can yeah. talk about that too. Yeah. But just like the benefits. Like I, see. I know for me, the ceremony we specifically had, it wasn't um <laughs> it wasn't like Alice in Wonderland vibes like mm-hmm. I assumed it would be. I remember after I like came to, like I was like, that wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. Because I had like a very uh deep experience with like almost going to like a black hole. And so it was like I was meeting my darkness. I, as more time goes on, that night comes up so often. Like mm-hmm. the lessons of that night 
come through in so many different times and I have dreams where I reconnect with it because it was a very mean voice. It was like meeting my meanest shadow and it was just like, look how unfocused you are. Like, because if I, I would have a certain train of thought and I could, then I would get like visions. I would see a little bit more. I would see clearly. I would be in tune with the music. And the moment I kind of tapped out, I would go right into a black hole and my inner this inner critic that was the black hole inside me was Mm. just sucking all my energy it gave me a migraine like it was just like look at you like look at how bad you are at this like you can't even do this and it's supposed to be like it's me that's working like and it just took me to a place I was it was just (laughs) it was an experience and so yeah but I've received so many benefits after that and just really getting to like I have always had such a harsh inner critic and so to form this relationship with this shadow to form this relationship with this this part of me that's so deep it hurts so deeply and wants to be perfect so deeply and wants everything to work out so deeply to gain a relationship I see the benefits there and I want to do it again and I want to continue to be more open I also was prescribed Adderall at that time so I would love to try mushrooms again with with a very clean system. Like mm-hmm. I didn't take it that day, obviously, and I didn't like yeah. it was I, I cleansed myself before leading up, but like now having a, even nothing like that in my body, I'd love to try it again to mm-hmm. see where we go. Um, with that said, yeah. that's just my little background. But with that said, yeah. I'd love for you to talk about maybe your experience or maybe if it's not confidential or if you could just keep it confidential, like clients experience or things like ego deaths that come from, I feel like it's a massive way to have an ego death. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I just, that night was really beautiful with you and Abby and it was really special to, to be in witness of your healing and just opening up your mind in that way. And so how I was saying earlier, like not everybody's meant to do it. I think, if you are feeling ready, it's the shroom experience is really nice to start off with before just jumping into ayahuasca. I think that's really helpful. But there are some people that I have been in ceremony with that have never, ever, ever touched anything, not even weed, and they're just going right into ayahuasca. So every experience is different. But from my personal experience and, and recommendation, if ayahuasca interests you, it's so good to start off with something like a mushroom ceremony and have a grounding of what that is too because you said you set an expectation Mm -hmm. for it to be like this Alice in Wonderland experience which it would probably be more of like that like I think of when I go to festivals and stuff and my eyes are open. We didn't mention, I didn't mention, but I was completely blindfolded for the whole experience I was on it. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. So with my shaman, the way he works and he's gone all over the world and everybody does it differently but how he does it is we lay down we have eye masks on and we surrender to the medicine as best as you can so the eye mask elimination is to take away the outside environment and anything that the ego can cling on to because the ego wants a conversation it wants to talk it wants to go to the bathroom it wants to move and what if you just didn't give yourself all of that and you really just observe and listen so yeah when you take everything away it can be really scary but a lot of people who fear the eye masks before end up really liking it and if they take it off they want to or if they go to the bathroom they want to hurry up and get back to their bed and put their eye mask on because it becomes a safe space so 
honestly, anything can happen with plant medicine. And this is why I love it so much. And I say like, it's like years and years of therapy in one night because you're 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 going into the subconscious and you're connecting with your soul so you're allowing yourself to go into the places that you just overlook or maybe just distract yourself from Mm -hmm. or avoid and you just kind of turn away and so how uncomfortable that was for you but it seems like you learned a lot and you also in your specific experience you got to start developing a relationship specifically with that inner critic because the inner critic also wants to be seen so why i love it is you can just you get to know yourself on a deeper level and yeah the ego death is a a benefit of that because when you lose yourself and you have nothing but your soul you know your 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 body doesn't matter your identity doesn't matter nothing matters except what's present in the moment it's really beautiful to live from that place especially if you've never ever 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 in your life experienced something like that so you get to have a better understanding of the universe and connect to something outside of yourself, whatever that is. And I think that that's important, honestly, for anybody Mm -hmm. to have some kind of experience where they can understand how big this world is. And and there's more um, out there than meets the eye. Like there's so much happening in our surroundings that we can't see with like our two eyeballs and it's a feeling and it's an energy so anybody who can tap into that and allow themselves and yeah you don't need plant medicine to get there you can have your yoga practice and your journaling practice and all of the things but this is just one way and i will always always support plant medicine because it has changed my life forever that first time doing shrooms you know, I'll always remember that. And then, of course, meeting my shaman and introducing myself to this world. Like, I'll never, ever go back. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go back to the word, like, what what even is an ego death? Because I feel like, like, I got an intuitive hit to go back to it. Because I feel like when I said that, people might have gone, what, me too, but not known what why they felt related to an ego death. Mm-hmm. So could you kind of take us through like maybe like what it feels like to be in an ego death or like if someone were experiencing one. I have a one. funny story. Okay, let's I have do a it. funny story. <laughs> so um, my best friend Angie, you know Angie, mm-hmm. and actually it's really sweet that we're talking about her right now because she just completed a month-long dieta in Peru. So she's traveling to her next place. Um, and so a dieta is just she's sitting with ayahuasca like multiple times multiple times a week um but i really love her because well one she's my best friend and two we're really in this plant medicine world together and we hold ceremonies together and so that's really important to the both of us but i introduced it to her in 2018 she i texted her if she wanted to try it and she wrote back immediately so i knew it was a fuck yes for her and we kind of just dove in and so this first night for her was so we were only going to do one night And then we ended up staying for a second night in a row, which was my first time doing two nights in a row. I had always just done one night at a time. Um, And it's also funny because we had such a good night the first night that we thought we thought that the next night was going to be better and it was literally like the complete opposite a really hard like the dark the first night was like the lightest light and the next night was like deep deep shadow deep deep 
deep darkness, which obviously was what needed to happen. But I had, I felt a little guilty in a way or bad that I um, brought her this specific weekend. But that was just a part of my process because I couldn't control what happened that second night. But it ended up being pretty chaotic, not just in my inner world, in the group's room, because you're in group energy. So a lot of things can unfold. Um, so I, I don't know, there was a sense of guilt, like, oh my gosh, I brought you to this like crazy experience. But this first night she had an ego death and <laughs> she literally, she forgot everything that she was, except that the only thing she said she could try to think like on a conscious level, she was trying to think, okay, what's my name? Who am I? Like anything, nothing came up except the only thing she could remember was that she worked, she thinks she maybe worked at Trader Joe's. And she did, she oh, was, she, did? Okay. she was, she was working at Trader Joe's at the time, but that's the only piece of information she could kind of remember of what her existence was. Everything else was just erased and she was just have like you become detached from this world 3d world and reality and an ego death and yeah you you can not remember in that experience who you are and what you are and i think when you break down into nothingness there's something about that that it's there's a death there's a death to be reborn because none of those identities even matter the fact that she worked at trader joe's she does that's just one piece of her she doesn't just work at trader joe's so i think it's there's an eliminating of everything that you are to like become something new and fresh and everybody's ego death might look differently but that's just that was the funny experience of her <laughs> being trying to grab onto some one piece of information and that's the only thing we were all like giggling about it the next day it was really funny and did she wake up kind of in that void like or do you or like when she came to like i know some people have experienced personally i've experienced where sober like without any mm -hmm. external assistance yeah. i have found myself in the who the fuck am i like i feel like 2021 was just a year of rebirth which was very painful but it was also the most insightful year of my life and looking back i mean i met you in 2021 mm -hmm. in february mm -hmm. and i mean i was i the first night i met amanda i <laughs> was it was at a woman's circle and i was just like tomorrow is my one year anniversary with my now fiance but she's a girl and i date girls and i'm so scared to admit this publicly can you all follow me and like my post please <laughs> <laughs> and i was like fuck yeah i love <laughs> this but there's just there's so many times where like looking back now looking at our friendship looking at who i am looking at how i show up in the world is so radically different than the girl who asked this group of strangers of all women to like my post the next day. Like, it's so yeah, silly to I look know, back at I and know. like your experience. And Amanda's actually the one that is marrying me and Curly. So it's even more ironic that she was there that night and commented on that post. I should like I pull that, that up. Yeah, no, it's but, so um, Yeah, so like in hypnotherapy or mm. implant medicine, do people come to you for that reason of like, I feel like I don't even know who I am anymore? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the... One of the biggest things that we all struggle with and honestly sometimes i ask myself who i am <laughs> yeah. you know and i don't know who i am sometimes because we're always changing and we're always transforming and that's why 
I love ayahuasca and I just got a tattoo recently of a snake. Um, she comes to me in snake form. She That's one of the ways she shows up, but that's why I love snakes because they're constantly shedding their skin mm. and, and they, they're just like, they're, the energy of just constantly shedding to become something new, I really appreciate that. So yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with this and don't know who they are and they come to me to kind of explore that and yeah, like I I don't have all of the answers. Like I'm I, I feel like yes, I like to be called magical Manda. <laughs> that is my like tag, but I'm not this like person that just knows everything and, and can just wave my magic wand and heal you. Like that's not who I am. What I believe in the work that I do is that you come in, you're actually doing the work. I'm just holding your hand and asking asking the questions, but I really appreciate and, and what I really love to see is my client coming up with their own information on the spot and they're channeling, you know, their own wisdom mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of there supporting it and leading it and guiding it. But it's definitely a co-creation and yeah, like I'm here to help you figure out who the fuck you are and, and, and what makes you you and what lights you up and kind of just digging in there 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 could be some things that some limiting beliefs and stagnant unhealed energy that just needs to be looked at and like acknowledged sometimes it's even just wanting to be seen that doesn't even need to maybe go to in depth but just the act of seeing it and pointing it and acknowledging it and sharing about it to someone with that you trust and you really trust there's so much that opens there and that can get let go and you can move into a whole new new way of life so I encourage that so yeah speaking of a new way of life you publicly recently on Instagram posted about a want or a calling or feeling that just like an intuitive hit to to look or start an OnlyFans now I know you haven't started one yet because there is so much um feeling there's so much triggered like just charged energy around an OnlyFans and charged negative emotions around sex work in general like just from the public and it's another one of it's so deep in the collective shadow is sex work and so I would love if you kind of started just shared about you know your journey and your internal journey with Mm-hmm. that want but that I cannot I, I cannot be both I have to be one or the other it's black and white where we know we live in a world of color but like yeah very feeling very stuck by this collective shadow of sex work I'd love if you went into it yeah yeah so this makes me a little nervous talking about it but I'm also very turned on by the idea and very lit up by just the embodiment and the empowerment of our own souls and so that so I so I I like to say like I'm an empowerment leader um, I'm an embodiment leader there's so many names and titles that you could call me but I really connect to those and for me people feel empowered in different ways for me personally I feel really lit up by like my sexual and sensual energy And I think a lot of women do. And I think a lot of people do. And we're scared to talk about it and scared to really go there and present ourselves in specific ways because of society and all the shame and the blame and all sorts of things. Um, Even though 
sex work um, has been around since the beginning of time. Like there's always been that in any kind of communities. People used to go to these temples back in the day. Um, men would go to these temples of, of women and they would not only like please them and sexually, but there was also sleep temples where they would put people under, women would put people under hypnosis. That's actually um, where hypnosis kind of started from and a collective of people would come in. So there has always been sex Wait, what would work. they do? So I, I, I don't want to like, I, I don't, I remember learning about it in oh, school, okay. but I don't remember exactly. It feels like Greece, but I also don't know for yeah. sure. But um, they would come in. I mean, there was pleasure temples, but there was also, yeah, the hypnosis and they would just put, I think, just put them to sleep and do some type of probably meditation type thing. Oh, like they would have, like they would under hypnosis then give pleasure in some sort of way? Well, I'm kind of mixing two, I'm mixing two up because I don't know if they would do that at the same time, but I just, I know that both existed. Like there were sleep temples, but I also know that there were like pleasure Pleasure temples temples. and, and just the, how powerful women always were. And then as time went on, it became more of like this patriarchy thing, but back, back way back in the day, like women had power. And I think we've lost that a lot um and our power and our lights have been dimmed down in a lot of ways and so i think people are starting to break out of this and the divine feminine wants to just there's so many layers of the divine feminine and so many um ways that you can show up in your specific way and then yeah for me i i love to be sexually empowered and i'm really um, connected to my body and I just feel that as being free so I love dancing like you we love our movement medicine we love moving our bodies and to some people that might be too much mm-hmm. and that's like oh why would you be dancing like that why would you be expressing yourself so sexually even though it's um, just something that I feel and, and something that makes me feel joy so I love um I just love playing in that energy and it feels really good for me. So the thought of OnlyFans has kind of always been there. I've also had shame around it. Like there's been times where my sister in the past years and years ago um, in like 2020, she was thinking about it. Like so many people, I feel like got OnlyFans <laughs> back then. Yeah, in yeah. 2020. And she almost did. And I remember being like, oh, like why? Like don't do it. Like so nervous. But I think it's because in my soul there's a part of me that's curious and intrigued which honestly i believe that's a a lot of the reasons why we do end up shaming because when we shame others there's something in ourself that um we just might be overlooking or like we secretly want or something like that so that's kind of where i feel i look back on and i'm like huh like that it's really interesting that i kind of denied her from that even though here i am now And I'm kind of interested. So I think the biggest thing and why I haven't made the OnlyFans is because I'm scared and I feel fear that I'm going to not be taken as seriously. Just all of the limiting beliefs and programs of um, that I can't be this and that. Mm -hmm. And I have to choose one, but I'm very multidimensional. Like, we were talking about titles that you want to call me. Like there's so many things that I feel connected to. And I also don't feel like I'm any of it. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm also just me. 
And um, I think there's just a fear in it and it's not as, I'm not as serious of a person or professional enough if I also am sensual and sexual and want to be free in my body and show others what that looks like, let's say on OnlyFans and just being in my embodiment, whatever I want to do that day, but also just being naked and being in my vessel and, you know, we all have these bodies and it doesn't have to be um, a negative thing to feel so free in the body. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my thoughts around OnlyFans and I'm very, I'm still open to it. Like I don't, I don't know, but I've opened my mind up to sex work and I've been, you know, experimenting in that a little bit currently and I really like it and it really lights me up and I feel very inspired. So we'll see what happens. Have you always had like such confidence being naked like I can think of specific times even with myself like if I'm naked sometimes I won't look in the mirror like mm. I feel like I'm past that place now I'm very like in a really good spot altogether uh currently that could change mm-hmm. any moment yeah <laughs> but I I just want to I would love to know like your mm-hmm. naked journey and like I know you've even wanted to do like women's circles naked just, <laughs> and I've like remember that and I was like wow I would fun. have to come but like I it's scary (laughs) and I even thought about that today but honestly like my naked journey is still unraveling like right now as we speak like I've always felt so much shame about my body and there was a lot of um judgment and all the things in my household I grew up in a really toxic like traumatic environment and there was so much shame all the time and um I think like my yoni has its and yoni first maybe some people that don't know is like vagina another word and um i like to say yoni because it sounds so pretty (laughs) but basically i think they all look so unique and mine looks a specific way and i remember like i have a memory of my my cousin kind of being like oh like why does it look like that and I was so young and I didn't even know what it was supposed to look like. And I think it was maybe just because hers looked different. And she and, and that memory like really stuck with me along with other shaming energy happening in my household around my body. So I think it's t- taken me a long time to get to where I am now. And of course, the spiritual journeys and the spiritual awakenings that I have have pushed me one step closer to the acceptance of my body, realizing that like, this is the vehicle that we live in that like, you know, it it literally helps us breathe and live and keeps us alive. And I think there's just a deeper appreciation of what that is um, that has kind of just strengthened over time. And um, in that, I've gotten more and more open in in my body and in my nakedness. But even in that relationship that I spoke of, that deep heartbreak, that was like five years ago. And in that relationship, I was still shy. I had so much shyness around my body. And with my partner, somebody that I was with, like, I think honestly, a lot of people struggle with this, just fully accepting themselves. And um, I think I've just done a lot of work to get into this confidence. I think there is a level of confidence that needs to be worked on. And also whatever those limiting beliefs are around the body, Um, that are holding you back from just feeling free in your nakedness. But like I said, I'm still going through this and still experimenting in this. And I think that's why 
OnlyFans and sex work feels so intriguing to me because it, I think it's a layer of more of my healing of how I can break through that judgment and um, anything else that's holding me back from just being in my full expression. I think that there, there is a level of, of growing in that when you just come online and are so public with your body. There's something about that, letting the whole world see. Um, and it's scary, but it also like excites me in a lot of ways. So like I mentioned, I started playing with um, sex work in, in one type of way that I don't feel comfortable sharing yet. And honestly, I just started this and I feel so much more open already. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't even been that long. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's an, there's some kind of empowering energy there that's, that's for me. And I really, really appreciate like the medicine that this gives me because I feel a lot more open and I want to keep uh, going in that direction. And yeah, like the idea of bringing more nakedness to other people also excites me so maybe that is a part of my path like who am i i don't know i'm still fucking learning and like (laughs) i'm naked i guess like i i do follow a few accounts a few australian accounts and i love them um and the one one of the women's rosie she has naked yoga in australia and her platform has grew because of that and i think it's just i think we all as women are so curious and interested in it, but maybe we just need to have like the setting to and and the space and a safe space to give us that like freedom of feeling more open. Um, Cause even with, you know, our friends and stuff, we could be shy, but I don't know. I think that um, I, I, I just, I, I wish that everybody had the same view about nakedness as I do I know not everybody feels comfortable and some people are really triggered by this that's why it's an interesting conversation like the thought of me being naked online could really really trigger people and be like oh like why is she doing this or oh she's a slut or whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck or whatever comes up for them in their world right so yeah and I think you said this earlier but it is it's that internal what if she can be that free like, if I can't be that free, she can't be that free. Like, it's that shadow, it's that shame, but it's that curiosity, I think, that lives within, like, what would life be like if I could show up naked? Like, some people don't even allow themselves to play in that realm. Yeah. And that's why it's so triggering, I believe. I want to go back to, like, the yoni and yeah. the shape or the size or whatever yeah. it looks like because that is so not talked about. And um, I don't feel like I had, a, like, so you had exposure young that you were wrong or that yours wasn't right yeah. or yours was different um, and pointed out to you, which is just a whole thing yeah. to unpack in itself. But <laughs> I, well, I think about it. I was, we were like jumping on the bed and I feel like I was kind of like, it was in her face. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I get like, why? Maybe oh, totally. Yeah, 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 like, like, why does it look like that? And I, but I remember really being like, oh, why does it look like that? Right. And I just didn't know what that meant. Like, why does it look like that? Am I, I don't know. Right. So I never had any experience like that. But I also was, I don't even know how to, I've never even spoke about this like publicly on this. So here yeah. we go. Sorry, we mom. Go. But <laughs> I didn't, I like was so sexually immature, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I had sex, obviously. But yeah. when it came to, like I didn't touch myself until I was, 
23. I didn't oh. know what my clit was. Yeah. And I remember one time someone like hit it and they thought I would like it. And I was like, that hurts. <gasps> and I shoved them away. Like it, it was such yeah. a foreign feeling that yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like you I just didn't know. I didn't know. And I, I, and it wasn't talked about and vagina shapes weren't talked about and things like and that. Labias. And labias. And so <laughs> people like, I remember one time someone told me they got surgery they got surgery and it looked like a porn star pussy. Like that's what someone described it as. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, a porn star pussy is like, unrealistic because they don't have long labias and a lot of women do. So then men think that everybody has a porn star pussy with like barely any labia and it like looks like a little girl's pussy yeah and um it's a problem it's a problem because they're not exposed to all the types and shapes and ways that it looks but yeah it's sad to me that people need to or want to like change their body at the end of the day it's for to each their own if that makes you feel good yes like i want you i i I want you to feel empowered and with all the accounts that I follow and I really look up to, like I have leaned more towards just more acceptance of my body and the exposure of some of these accounts, those Australian women that I talk about, one of them does flip through my flaps and she specifically turned into like a Yoni photographer traveling all around Australia, taking photos of all the different kinds. And she says, you know, not literally not one looks like anything else. Like everyone is so unique. And that's the, that's the big, that's, that's a really big thing because a lot of us might think it only looks one way. There's also this, the, the statement like innies versus outies. So, so innies would be, um, like there's not a, there's not long labia. I have long labia. So I'm just going to say that I've never said this anywhere (laughs) online, (laughs) but here I am on your podcast, but I'm getting more comfortable with it because, um, I think that more people need to know and feel like less alone because I this is this is the struggle and part of the shame that I felt a lot of my life because um, I thought that I was different that because I had labia that something was wrong with me but it's it's that would be considered more of an Audi but that mm. but then there's like my sister like she's literally my sister and she has more of an any with like barely any labia there like mm. the the inner labia and um you would think because we're sisters, we would have the same kind of looking one. No, not at all. Like hers looks completely different than mine. And hers is also really beautiful. So I think there's just acceptance that like, hey, there's so many out there. Um, I could probably give you the account for people yeah, that are interested in because they can look up. They can You can go on her website and literally flip through all of the different ones the and <laughs> flip through the flaps and see that you're not alone. And I just... I want, it makes me so sad to feel and to know that people are out there maybe struggling with that um, and just feeling more comfortable. Like, I I feel like a lot of women in my life do have this thought, like, you know, when men are, or or their partner going down on them, feeling nervous that, like, what it looks like and everything. And I just wonder what sex and intimacy would look like without that shame and that fear and again i'm speaking as someone who is going through this currently like i you know in the work that i'm doing i'm you know my whole body is being shown and it's all out there to be seen and there's a level of like 
acceptance and like, oh my God, like I am getting great feedback and <laughs> I am not ugly and the, and like my pussy is beautiful and all the things. So totally. I just can only imagine like just even this last part of the conversation, something that's so taboo, something that's so not talked about. Thank you for being so, so, so vulnerable because it's going to help so many people. And I just love you so, so, so much. I'm so grateful to have you on here. Where can people connect with you, work with you? And yes, all the deets. I love you so much too. Thank you so much for having me. So you can connect with me on Instagram and TikTok at at magicalmanda, M-A-G-I-C-A-L. Manda, M-A-N-D-A. Beautiful. And only fan soon. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by tagging at so she is underscore podcast and at magical Manda. We are just so grateful to have had this space to have you guys to listen, for you guys to be open to us being so open. And I love you so much. I'll see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send it to a friend. Tag us on Instagram at, at sociais underscore podcast and leave a five-star review so we can help build, grow, and expand this podcast to anyone who it needs to reach. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>